your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vegas Golden Knights drop their second straight game as they lose to the Sharks of all teams on home ice, 5-2. to two. Chris was asking Bruce Cassidy after the game about the second period woes, and who would you want to take a shot during a shootout for VGK? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Kardasco, along with Chris Kolick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And we appreciate you tuning in. You could find us wherever you find your podcast. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked on Vegas Golden Knights or Locked on VGK. Subscribe, leave comments, everything. It's all good. So uh, last night, uh, Chris was officially credentialed uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights game. San Jose Sharks came calling to T-Mobile Arena. And Timo Meyer, that guy. That guy who says that this is still a rivalry in his mind, and I like his mindset. Um, he breaks a 2-2 to -two tie, scores a goal with under three minutes remaining, and San Jose added a couple of more empty net goals in that game. They defeat the Golden Knights 5-2, to -two, sending VGK to its second straight loss after the nine-game win streak. And just, you know, following you last night and the reaction of the team it appeared as though they were, two words come to mind, frustrated, and they seemed a little bit deflated. What what did you sense? I mean, that that's a fair start. Uh, they lost to the Sharks. They take it personally. Um, I, I noticed Marcheseau had one of the in-between period interviews. I don't know if it was the first to the second or second to the third, but the quotes uh, paraphrase was something that we're a better team than these guys and we need to show it or something along those lines. And after the game, Marchie was also doing interviews. I couldn't get a question and I was just kind of watching. And, you know, there was a ton of frustration on his part. Comments uh, mentioned about playing down to their level and uh, things of that nature. As far as the game flow goes, um, I just didn't see in the third period. I made the comment uh, early on. I didn't feel that VGK was able to find that space across the ice to get good, clean breakouts. It was there in the first, the second, um, I mean, the second is the second. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the third, I don't know if it was just VGK not executing, if San Jose made an adjustment, or if there was a combination of both. But yeah, the team was definitely deflated. Um, I did ask, ask Petrangelo what the mood of the team was, and Petrangelo came back pretty quickly and said, fine. And then went on, you know, it's not, no one's happy when you lose. No one's happy losing to your, your rival. Happy. He did not seem happy when no, you asked no. him a question. He seemed very frustrated and upset. That's why it's like, you know, this should not be panic time. No, I mean, 13 and four, folks, 13 and four. So let's just, if we're going to put a put a spin and a positive twist on this right now, VGK drops the game against the Caps. First game on the road trip last last week, they lose two to one in overtime or two to one in regulation, whatever the score may be. They, they dropped that game. Then they crushed the Sharks six to one tonight at T-Mobile Arena. Is it that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? Not really. The team is thirteen and four. However you want to, however you want to put a twist on it. Now, listening to um, to Ryan Waller and, and um, 
Ike, the, the emergency goalie. What's this guy's name? Come on, Chris. Well, we'll think about that in a second. But I'll listen to the pregame on the way on the way in. And by the way, folks, leave extra time if you're going to T-Mobile right now. Traffic was god-awful last night. I, w- I was on tilt. I had a ditch on Warm Springs and take all the sideways in and stuff, and it was it was awful last night. So I was tilted, too, uh, before the game <laughs> even started. But the pregame, it was – they're talking about a winning streak. Like, okay, we got, we, got, uh, we got the Sharks. We got Arizona. We got this team coming in, and it's time to start another streak, time to start another streak. And – it's like, hold on, let's let's win, let's win one game here. Let's start by winning a single game. And and that mindset was just kind of strange. Like, folks, there's there's no layups. I uh, something else I tweeted last night. It doesn't matter if it's the Sharks, doesn't matter if it's the Blues, there's there's no layups. And in the same breath, you have to bank these points. Uh, I'm sure we can do a segment on the December schedule in a little bit where um, again, to quote uh, the pregame last night, a 550 or even 600 winning percentage would be fantastic in December. But when we got the Blues coming in, who had, I think, five wins to date, and the Sharks, who were the Sharks, you got to bank those points because come April, these points become more and more important. And these are the games that you circle on the calendar. Like, where do we go wrong? How do we lose to the Sharks on this random Tuesday night? Yeah, and those are a couple of teams, sub-500 teams, although – They're two of the hotter teams right now in the National Hockey League because St. Louis left here, wanted Colorado. We saw where the Sharks came in. We talked about it yesterday, uh, where they defeated St. Louis. They won the shootout uh, game against uh, the Wild, and they came in pretty hot, and they wanted this game. You know, you have to feel perhaps a little bit more than the Vegas Golden Knights. How is the quality of shots? Last night, how was it? Uh, we talked about it going back to the St. Louis game. Uh, what were the quality of shots like for the Vegas Golden Knights? Were there many high danger chances? There's a few. Um, James Reimer, uh, odd, and right away, Tony, I, I came at you and uh, said it looks like BGK is going for going for his glove side, and I think you mentioned that in our uh, in our show yesterday about that's, you know, a weakness of his. And it was so strange. Like, I felt like he was waving at shots after the fact. And it was it was odd early on, but he made a couple amazing saves in the game. Uh, uh, Marcheseau actually made it a point to give him a point and actually a stick tap after just a, a crushing save off of two-on-one. And there was a couple of our big saves in there that he did end up making. But as far as the quality of shots, I would probably want to assess the quantity of shots and the shot selection or lack thereof i thought they only had six shots logged in the third period that's the problem right there we go back to this to the st louis game on saturday there was a lot of lazy shots from the point that just didn't really seem to connect as far as creating rebounds and high major opportunities on uh, this game uh, Kind of some of the same, but a lot of good passing. I mean, Jack Eichel is still just he's an he's an artist out there when it comes to his ability to pass and create these chances and these cross ice passes. And there's a couple times those uh, those cross ice passes connected, not just with Eichel but with other teammates as well. And maybe a couple more shots here and there. Um, I thought Petro was aggressive a couple times cutting through the slots, um, but just not enough. Not enough. Like sometimes you sense when the goal is coming, Tony, right? You know, you sense when the team is playing well. You just you kind of sit back. It's a tie game, but you know it's not going to last. And this game didn't have that feeling. It's like, okay, what's your – I was waiting for something bad to happen. It felt like as that third period progressed, something bad was about to happen. And then, of course, the penalty gets called. And, uh, you know, 
<laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask uh, Petrangelo about the reverse Petro retro jersey? I uh, know that was on my list, Tony. That was next when he walked yeah. away. So why was why was one of our followers on Twitter upset with you? Said that they were going to unfollow if you kept it up. What were you so negative about? Wait, what? I, I thought you, someone Tony. said no. It wasn't me. I wasn't really? hosting. Yeah, I thought someone said that they, <laughs> they were going to unfollow. How did I miss? How did I miss that? I don't know, but you weren't controversial. Uh, no, Arizona. I think I, I mean I think I took a pretty um, honest approach to the game. No, and... but the fans, the fans across Twitter, social media reactions were doom and gloom they lost to the sharks tony what do you expect this is I mean, reminiscent of last year though like it you know did you get that i got that feeling there when things started to go south i was like watching the game uh i was at the basketball game last night the rebels hey shout out they knock off number 21 dayton i was watching the game watching vgk uh and then i saw fan reacts and i was kind of surprised that the way that they sort of came after VGK and, and, and Cassidy, you know, we'll talk about in this next segment, but he seemed frustrated. So something isn't clicking. Something's not jiving suddenly for the Vegas golden Knights. We've seen this happen before with this team, you know, they're riding high. And then all of a sudden what happened there? And these are the two teams that you would think that they would handle business against. Yeah, I mean, you got to bank the points. Um, I'll take a peek at the schedule at some point during four the show. Four-point swing, yeah. Those four-point swing like. games are tough. Eight, yeah, four, or, I mean, it's eight points. When I, I guess if you're in consider the wild card factor for the Blues and stuff. But, you know, it, it's certainly painful. And, listen, the VGK fan base, um, it's a new fan base. There are many new hockey followers, along with seasoned hockey followers from other cities and even countries and things of that nature. And the fan base is passionate. The fan base definitely um, has no issue making their points known on Facebook and Twitter and social and at the game and things like that. And whenever they lose, these things do happen. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, a, it was a bad loss. It wasn't a good loss. I'm trying to put something positive on it, but you know, th this is an expected reaction. The only thing that I saw Tony, as far as on social uh, Rita Homan, well, I'm not going to be able to listen to Tony tomorrow because I'm, I'm assuming they were saying that, Maybe you were happy they lost or something along those lines. So I she said uh, that about me. Uh, Rita said, I won't be able to listen to Tony tomorrow. <laughs> so I responded from our accounts and said, hey, it's me. Cassidy is, is honest. They come isn't happy. Tony and myself will give an honest assessment on the game and the state of the 13 and four BGK. I'll say it again, the 13 and four BGK. And then I, I got from Rita, you're a good man. I'm still not happy, but thank you. Didn't say you're, you're a good man. So you might, you might need to send flowers. I'm in or the doghouse. Um, How am I in the doghouse? Because I you're in the doghouse. They, they, they lost. I, you're the I'm not Tony. saying anything negative. That's the funnier part. And I don't I think, think I was negative last night. I, I, I don't know. No, I was me, pretty, me, pretty me. fair. I, like, yeah. I am so misunderstood with this fan base. It's just kind of funny to me. You're as misunderstood as. A, a person pit bull that hasn't eaten in a week. <laughs> Eric Carlson, man. Okay. Oh, that dude's Let's good. Give him some, that dude's give good. Him some, he's coming into his own. This might, this is by far his best season. Uh, I think he's out to the best start in the history of uh, the Sharks franchise. Two more assists in the game last night. He has 28 points through 18 games. And he's on a, a really big, uh, you know, season here when you look at the way he's playing so you were tweeting out so how many minutes did he wind up with about did he play a full 60 um my sheets in the other room i was it's looking okay, at but... my kid with it i feel like it was around 24 something like that it was or no 
No, I, I don't think he hit 30, but it was it was it was upper 20s. high 20s. It was, it was high 20s. Um, there was a span actually in the third. I was looking for him and I wanted to do an ISO cam on him and then I got distracted. But and then like, dude must be injured. He wasn't out there for like 45 seconds. I couldn't find him on the bench. I couldn't find I probably just didn't see him from uh, way up in the rafters. Um, had something else I was going to say. I can't remember what it was now. Hey, how was Logan Thompson in that last night? Fine. He was fine. He was fine. The goals, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, just uh, point blank situations around the net. There was one weird one, though. It was in the third period before, unfortunately, San Jose scored. But <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's a complete breakdown. And the puck shoots, takes a strange bounce. Logan's looking to his left. The puck is sitting to the right. And uh, someone is wide open between the circles and off the post. Um, bad, yeah, uh, bad, bad boards. Uh, Carlson, here's what I wanted to talk about. So there is a drill that I see amongst uh, Eric Carlson, not William Carlson. Oh, okay. Tony. William was in front of the net and gave up that third goal. Was hung out to dry. Okay, yeah, no, that's another story. That, but you no, had to bring no, that I'm not up. taking shots. I'm being honest. He was hung out to dry. That's fair. Yep. Um, so there's a drill that I see, whether it's 13, 14 year olds, all the way up to. Henderson, shout out, 7-1 victory uh, over the Tucson Roadrunners last night. Uh, Brassois gets the start. Everything ticks ticks there. Can't, they wanted can't to... both teams play well at the same time? No, definitely not. So clearly this is the Silver Knights' fault that the Golden Knights are winning right now. Um, but there's a drill that, these, that defensemen do, whether it's a young age all the way up to the professional level, where they receive a pass and they have to basically do some type of transition at the blue line, whether it's changing directions, changing speed, just skating a couple of feet to create an angle, an open lane to the shots and or to the net, pardon me. And Eric Carlson, oh my goodness, that dude can make something out of nothing. I don't remember seeing this out of him in the past. I also haven't paid this close of attention to him, to be fair, but is it a contract year? I, I mean, he's he's well compensated. He doesn't need to, he's gonna get he's gonna get a big contract no matter what it is, but it certainly isn't gonna hurt right now the way he's playing. Um, but he just creates something out of nothing and creates high danger. It's not just he's throwing stuff onto the net and hoping there's traffic there. He finds ways to get him through. So, I mean, Eric Carlson is having a very special season. You have to give him all the credit in the world. And the next question is does he stay a San Jose shark all season long? Because there's a lot of teams that will be hungry for that type of, um, you know, blue line scoring punch. And I'm curious. I, I, I wonder what his plus minus is. That's probably not good, but plus minus, I guess no one cares about it anymore. <laughs> well, this was a team that started off at zero and five, and now they're playing some pretty good hockey and they're earning their way back into a, you know, playoff spot to be quite honest. And so uh, oh, it's a, pretty... a little bit sure, but they're on, they're on, they're on the trajectory. I get it. Yeah. 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 They're definitely on the traje- trajectory and uh, special teams. We always address special teams. And uh, we talked about the sharks on yesterday's uh, show. And we talked about the fact now they're like seven power play goals in the last eight games. Yeah. I mean, you knew what... it was coming, right? That they're executing pretty well. You got to stop them. Keys, keys to the game. My third point was when the special teams battle and they lost, which was the, uh, the, the game changing goal. I mean, they got a couple empty netters, whatever to that. But at the end of the day, the special teams was the one that, you know, that busted it. And like you said, Carlson just 
alone from the net, there's nothing that's going to happen right there. And the puck has to hit LT. LT is not going to not going to do something to make a save on that besides just get in position and uh, hope Timo Meyer can't finish it. And uh, ta- talking in, um, to some of the other reporters and stuff, I guess on the Sharks side, they were pretty, uh, pretty giddy in their postgame pressers and things like that. I'm sure you can go on on Twitter and find some of their uh, some of their chirps. But, um, you know, they're feeling good today and they should. I mean, they come in at T-Mobile and a tough place. And, uh, you know, VGK is now uh, breeding hope into the bottom feeders like the San Jose Sharks and the St. Louis Blues right now. And Arizona, perhaps coming up on Thursday. Arizona is uh, the best of the of the teams that we've, we've been talking about. Watch out, we're toast. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you would have thought that they would just easily get through this patch of uh, games, and now uh, it's turning into no something. Layups. No, no yeah, I, I just felt that they were deflated after the game. The fan base was deflated as well. That's the only way that I could put it. And I'm like, hey, it's just a two game losing streak. Now they need to correct some things. Cassidy obviously uh, was not happy following the game. And I saw a little bit of frustration, and you don't want this team to get ahead of themselves. You don't want them to get too frustrated. I saw my first um, moment where you might have some type of player versus coach disagreement. So uh, Ken from Sinbin, after talking to Marchie, um, one of his questions was Marchie made the comments and forgive me if I'm not getting this completely right, but Marchie made the comment that the power play lost the game for us. So Ken followed that up with, um, uh, with coach Cassidy and said, Hey, this is what Marchie said. Do you agree? And Cassidy right away? No. Mm, and Ken was happy after the game. He finally got a short answer out of him, but you know, it was, um, it, it was, you wonder, you know, does I made the joke and, and afterwards said, Hey, does uh, Marchie get a meeting planner for tomorrow to meet with coach Cassidy? <laughs> yeah. Um, you well, know, we but, know one thing about Marsha. So he did not, according to the reports from the locker room and such, and the people that I talked to did not like Pete DeBoer. So I thought that he was very happy with Cassidy, but they're all on the truth serum. They're on the truth serum because of the head coach. So everyone's yeah, going I mean, to be, you know, they're going to be pretty honest. And this is the age. It's not the golden age. It's the age of honesty for the VGK. It's a Here's different, serum. it's um, it's a fun world because the players can, there's a lot more honesty in general. Right. And I go back to the, the exits locker clean out day, the interviews that the players had the meetings, not interviews that the, the meetings, the players have with the GM. It's like, you know, the same stuff I went through in the corporate level where you're being graded and, you know, your financial compensation is tied to an employee who you just wrote up six months ago and whatever, another another story for another time. But point being is that, you know, there there is much more honesty. The players have much more power and influence over decision making. And that carries down to post-game interviews where they're a little more honest and stuff like that and the things that they say. And I, I like that. Um, I mean, as far as, you know, being on the media side, not being able to talk to the players and in these settings and things like that, I'll take as much honesty as, as I can get. And, and we, as humans, we can also read between the BS and when people are just kind of giving a cookie cutter interview and things like that. And I don't feel like that, that from the, this is the second time I've now gone through this. And I feel like there's honesty, especially watching March. So talk, I mean, it doesn't get much more honest than, than March or so. And coach Cassidy kind of back to where I was going. I do wonder, um, you know, the, the state of things in the locker room right now, not in a bad way, but how does he, you know, this is where we learn what his influence over the team is. This is where we learn what his connection is with the team. 
things are going well, we're winning. Hey, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It does not freaking matter. When you're on a nine-game winning streak, it doesn't matter. Everything is good. Now you lost two rough games in not home great ice. fashion. What's that? On home ice. On home ice, yeah. And, you know, another thing we can talk about, season one and most of the VGK seasons, a third-period lead is automatic. Automatic as it comes. Not so much right now. Okay, coming up next, uh, Chris, I know that you had spoken. You asked in the presser, uh, Bruce Cassidy, you asked him about the second period woes. And uh, we're curious to find out how he answered that question. Seemed a little bit frustrated after the game last night. We'll turn with more after this. You're listening and watching Locked On Golden Knights. And we got to tell you something about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. They are cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling, and it is still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie, that's right, in time for the holidays. And so the Built Puffs, they are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried a Built Bar before, they are literally the best-tasting protein bar ever. They really are. And they are revolutionizing nutrition as we know it. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, 130 calories. That's it. Just sink your teeth into the first bite. It'll change your life forever. And I'm not kidding. There will be a time when you've tried these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. And an unanswerable question to say the very least. They're all unbelievable. They really are. And they are so different that you can order now a mixed variety of the mixed box. They have all five of those flavors that we mentioned. Try it for yourself. Built, you got to try this. 15% off your order right now. All you have to do is go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15. That's locked on 15 at built.com. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick in Las Vegas. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It sure is a lot of fun. You get to see the fog roll in once in a while. You might, it sounds a little bit like a goal horn, but it is, in fact, it's indeed a, no, it is. It's a, it's a fog horn. And, and Chris, you had the, uh, last night, the opportunity to fire question at C Coach Bruce Cassidy, which I'm not sure that he entirely answered. He sort of deflected, and this is this is where I can see him getting a little bit frustrated with things. And again, you know, the elephant in the room, uh, second period issues with this team. And so, how did he address your question last night? He didn't. <laughs> um, he he asked me to clarify where I was going with it, and I responded out uh, that I'm looking, you know, for the, well, the entire. It's a tough question. I don't think a lot of the media people in that room would ask those questions. So that was good. Well, I appreciate that. And we got some love uh, from some of our followers as well. Gained us a couple of followers, so we'll take it. Um, but, you know, and someone actually made a funny comment. I, I, he deflected uh, the comment like Mario Lemieux would in, in, in the slots. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but and that's he did deflect a little bit, but he also did mention the record would indicate otherwise, meaning he felt the fact that they were 13 and four means everything is going maybe better than, you know, the picture I was trying to paint that VGK has not been great in the second period this season. So the response was basically, hey, we've, you know, our record would indicate otherwise. And then went on to the third period. You got to close games out and things of that 
nature and, you know, clearing out the slot and eliminating the high danger chances and all that. So it didn't get a, a direct answer about the third period. And he also did mention, you know, 10 minutes ago, he just came off and came off the bench. He's got a bad taste in his mouth and it's emotional. So again, he's, he's wearing his emotions on his sleeve. He's being honest in the sense that his mind is going at a million miles per hour, trying to process the loss. And as coaches, you know, you know, Pete DeBoer mentioned, you know, it's the results business. They're in the business of winning. And if they're not winning, it's, you know, it, it gets on these guys and this is a game they need to win. I'm sure, uh, Coach Cassidy understands the moment, and this is two points left on the table, especially of when you have a third period lead against a, a bottom feeder of the division. So he's upset. He's, um, you know, can't really focus that straight. And uh, curi- I'm more curious about practice today. I'm, I wonder um, how, you know, do we get a line jumble? That was actually the one thing I was thinking about. Do we see a line jumble? And I'm, I wonder if, um, I wonder if that's going to happen today. I, I got a feeling we're going to see a different uh, different lines on Thursday's game. Well, okay. So who was not performing up to expectations? That makes you say that it's not about performing to expectations. I think uh, you know they had an eight game winning streak. Michael Amadio, you're out. Paul Cotter, go get him. And it should be noted, Paul Carr did have that late penalty, which unfortunately, um, I believe, did lead to uh, the the game winning goal for the Sharks. Unfortunately, so we'll see. Um, We'll see if uh, Cassidy has an opinion to share with Paul Cotter as far as his playing minutes go. Um, I don't think, but back to my comment, I don't think anyone needs to go necessarily. Maybe this is a spot where you do make a little move with the bottom six to possibly get a little more punch out of that third line. Maybe you simply uh, chop Howden and Nick Waugh. Maybe uh, you give Nick Waugh a shot between Kessel and Cotter to give a little more scoring punch to that line. And you let Howden grind it out with a uh, carry and Colsar for a little bit. I think that could maybe help both lines to, you know, give a different look. I mean, we know Colsar and carry, I think are going to carry the mail. No pun intended. Will carry, of course, but they're going to carry the mail. Carrier. I believe they're, yeah, they're, they're going to carry the mail. Um, I think they can keep Howden safe, I guess, as far as, you know, his defensive uh, liability goes out there. And Nick Watt can now showcase his skill a little more and see how he can um, gel with Phil Kessel, who, you know, Kessel was a bit unnoticeable last night, call it what it is. And, um, you know, Paul Cotter, he's doing good things out there. He had a mini a mini breakaway and a couple of uh, rushes out there. And he does bring a different level of aggression and energy to that third line. So maybe adding the skill element of Nick Watt to that line and, and you leave your top six alone. I think, I think the top six is still doing fine as a unit, but maybe uh, just chop, just chop Howden and Nick Watt. And let's, um, let's see if that does some. Yeah. Curious to see if he does uh, put it in a blender. Phil Castle approaching his 1000th career consecutive game. That'll happen on uh, that's crazy, right? That'll happen on Thursday night. And I just have been of the belief that as soon as he hits that thousandth mark, uh, you you just play him in spots. I don't know that you need to start him every night. I don't know what type of value he adds night in and night out. Uh, sometimes, yes, or, I mean, he's unnoticeable and not in a good way. I just don't know like what what he's contributing. You know, some nights, and he is in the twilight of his career. But what are your thoughts about perhaps you know kind of easing off of? Phil Kessel after a thousand, no one's going to break that record. There's just, there's no way. Uh, what do you do with, with Kessel after this par- point? If he doesn't, uh, if he's not productive, if he doesn't contribute, uh, contribute on a nightly basis. 
I'm trying to think of an answer while you're while you're going there for a little bit. And you know, I'll say it again, he has been a bit unnoticeable. And the bottom not the bottom six is a scary part for Kessel because he's got to, you know, play defense first and foremost. And not that he can't play defense, but he's been more of a more of a scorer through his career, especially uh setting players up and things like that. I don't think after the Ironman record came, I don't think the record matter. I don't think the numbers matter anymore. I don't think he cares. Thousands a huge milestone. It's, it's, it's it. an amazing milestone. But yeah, if there's one person that's going to take the Jay Cutler, I don't care approach. It's Phil Kessel. And I don't mean that in a bad way whatsoever. I think Phil Kessel, he goes to work. He puts on his skates. He puts on his uniform. He goes to work and you can see like they, they want him to do a, a, post-game speech after he broke the Ironman record of thanks everybody happy to share this with you and just kind of uncomfortable when the cameras ISOed on him uh after he officially broke the record he stands up he waves he sits back down let's get back to work when he takes the picture he stays in his dang underwear and you know and he's a hot dog and he's a hot dog yeah so I mean and again I'm not knocking Phil Kessel like please folks don't think that's what I'm doing whatsoever here but no I don't think the numbers matter I think Phil Kessel is here for his teammates I think he has a love for the game and he just wants to keep going and contribute wherever he can. And if Cassidy were to say, Hey, we're going to take a night off. I think he would sit next to me in the press box and eat a hot dog. But again, I'm not knocking him folks. Please don't think that. No, 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 no. You just need to be honest. And from what you saw, and then is there any noticeable noticeable difference? But is there a noticeable difference in that second period? Do you see, you know, VGK pressing or, trying to, you know, just show up in that second period where maybe, again, you know, the, they have the push at times. But last night they were even in goals in that second period. But we've seen uh, this past season, that's been the Achilles, Achilles heel of this team. But and nothing different about VGK, the way that they come out between, you know, the first and, and second periods when they start the second period. You know, the, the vibe is strange at a hockey game in between the first and the second. The, the second period, like, the puck is dropped. There's, like, 60% of the people in their seats. The vibe just, it's kind of weird and quiet. And I, I think that radiates down to the players to a degree. I'm not saying the crowd being in, their, being, being in the concourse eating hot dogs is why the team isn't doing well. But, you know, there just does seem to be that lack of energy, that lack of, of excitement, you know. When the game starts, you got the national anthem, you got the pregame show, you got the helmet, you got the crowd just friggin' bonkers. Then the second period, you know, uh, PA Bruce, he's doing his part to welcome him back to the ice and get the crowd excited and everything. But, you know, it's just, there's just a lack of energy between periods sometimes. And, you know, that's, that's where your, where your letters got to stand up in the locker room. That's where your coach has to stand up in the locker room and, and find a way. I mean, they did tie the game, tie the period up, if you will, at the end, which gave them some momentum to start the third. And I was really hoping the team was going to come out and put the game away early, get a couple quick goals in the third. And just like they did the last time they played the Sharks, right? They had a terrible game, a terrible second period, and they had that game in the freezer early in the third. So, you know, they got to they gotta find a way. And like I said, the letters got to stand up. That's your captains. And the coach, whatever that is, you know, find a way. This is a, this is what you guys are paid, $96 million or $12.5 million over the upper limit of the salary cap for. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, last night, again, the game was tied, final three minutes, and we saw the Sharks prevail. Those uh, three goals uh, started with the Meyer goal. But 
one of the thoughts that crossed our mind is, okay, this could go into OT, and then perhaps we could see uh, this result in a shootout. So uh, Chris wants to pose, who would you want from VGK to take the shot in a shootout? More after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first lesson. For your next lesson, check out the Locked On Now Sports Today podcast. And it's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Tony Look. Cardasco and Chris Golick in Las Vegas. What's the that? snacks are great up there. The snacks are great up there. The popcorn, the, the peanuts, the M&Ms. It was great. It was awesome. Anyway, just had to show that. That's all. So that was a tweet we, last night. That was a tweet last night. I saw that tweet. Very good. And yeah, very good question there with Cassidy. And I think you kind of, he just seemed a little disheveled after the game. And they do need more of a cooling off period like they do in other sports. They just jump right back into the presser. Uh, you just jump into the locker room. And yeah, I could understand sometimes why. Uh, they get misquoted or, you know, in the heat of the battle, uh, they're still a little bit ticked off. But uh, one of the things, uh, questions that you were posing uh, last night, Chris, was if VGK is in a shootout, who do you want to take the shot? And let's keep in mind, we haven't had to talk about it, but when we left you last season, this was a team that, what, went oh for its last 17 in shootouts yeah i'm going through uh so this was uh this conversation started and <laughs> you think they're working on shootouts of practice pretty funny the picture of the dog and the shark thing anyway um sorry i was having too much fun last night folks i, I try to have fun here i'm <laughs> um, trying to find let's see here da, 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 okay was it um okay so here we go carson meyer was the one who that kind of started getting the uh follower carson meyer Lights yeah, out, good, Jimmy. Good questions. Yes, always good questions. From so basically, we started talking about this, and he liked Cotter Eichel Theodore in that order for a shootout. I like Carlson, Cotter, and then Theodore. Theodore has done very well in the shootouts. Uh, I mean, that forehand, backhand, it, it works. And there was actually um in the rating, the VGK or not rating VGK tweets, that's something else. VGK reading mean tweets, I think it was season two, uh, the father's reading the tweets, and, you know, he matched up if it goes to the well, keep on going. There was some father moment in that, but whatever. But point being is the three players I would take if coach said, hey, Gallic, uh, who are we going with for the shootout? I'm going to start with Carlson because he's going to come down, shoot it between the legs, and, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be in a good spot. So I think Paul Cotter is our best breakaway threat right now, folks. I think Paul Cotter is the team's best breakaway threat. He scored a couple magnificent goals. And I think uh, someone who doesn't necessarily understand the moments when it's just you and the focus is on you, I think Cotter could actually rise to the occasion. And then Shea Theodore is our finisher for the for the shootout. He's our anchor bowler, no doubt. So Theodore is eight for 17 in solid. Uh, his shootout shots. Eichel who you would think would come to mind first is just uh, an average eight for 27 uh, stone. Not very good. Just three out of 14 uh, Marsh is so six for 24. Although you would think that he would have that explosiveness and some creativity, right? So Marchie loves just coming in and going low. Uh, Marchie loves coming in and going five full. You know, every now and then you'll see him make a move, but, 
Marchie's go-to on the shootout is coming in full speed, five hole, or, or going low stick side? Um, Shea Theodore, yeah, I would have to put up there probably near the top. He'd be the top three for sure. Um, I don't have Carlson's uh, numbers in front of me. Nick Waugh is uh, 500 at three out of six. I, I like Waugh. I think he could be uh, creative in a shootout myself. Oh, no doubt. Nick Waugh certainly uh, can be up there as well. And if you swap uh, Carly and, and Waugh, there you go. She's Nikki, right? Nikki, I guess you put you go with the first <laughs> name because Waugh is weird. But, you know, you swap uh, you swap Carlson and Nick Waugh. I'm okay with that. And there's so much luck and variance in the shootout. And I'm sure there's advanced metrics these coaches look at as far as um, – tendencies and where the scorers can score their goals. So I'm sure there's a little more to it than the coaches looking up and down the bench, looking for numbers and writing them down. I would think at least, I hope so. How was the crowd when things started to go South for the VGK there they in, didn't in house? Them off the ice as weird as that sounds. They, they, they were upset, but they it did move them as, off they, or no, they, they did didn't. not. No, they didn't. No, it wasn't as shouldn't. bad as I thought it would be. Um, I don't know. You, I thought at, at the end of one of the periods, it might happen, but you know, they scored late in the first, they scored late in the second. So, I mean, you know, again, 13 and four folks, 13 and four. And again, this shows the level, the bar has been moved, not just a couple small notches. The, the bars are all, all the way now to the top of the ladder. That is where the mindset is of the VGK. We are in most of our minds. We are a Stanley cup contender right now. These last two games might make you think a little bit otherwise, but in general, we think this team is a Stanley Cup contender and two games lost to the Blues and the Sharks and everyone it's like uh, it's like their dog just got ran over on Las Vegas Boulevard right now and we're we're not happy and that's a good thing not that our dog got hit on Las Vegas Boulevard but it's a it's a good thing that we're taking this and it's a good thing that the team is upset even though they're 13 and 4 this is not a bad thing folks and these things happen. These moments happen up and down and adversity and every moment, ha every season has many turning points. So this is part of the process right now, folks. It is definitely part of the process. And part of that process is Bruce Cassidy wearing his emotions on his sleeve. And we Good. saw when he's frustrated, like we saw last night, he can't hide it. <laughs> Nope. This is going to be good if he has, you know, if he tangles with the front office. I'm here with the popcorn. Uh, so, Chris, oh, let's wrap go. up today's show. Tomorrow we'll preview Phil Kessel's 1,000th consecutive game as uh, the VGK takes on Arizona. And we'll return with our show tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. We thank you for making us your first listen. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long from Las Vegas. Thanks for tuning in and watching and listening to Lockdown Golden Knights.